Bailey Eichberg from the Serious Angler. Bailey, I got a quick question. Quick question, Bailey. Would you rather win the Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship, a KBF National Championship, or a Hobie BOS? Ah, TOC. I'm sorry. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll answer it in two different ways because my mind is, is pretty torn. I'll say from selfishly an angler standpoint, from a competitive side of things, I would say I'd much rather win the TOC because I think that's where the best of the best always meet every year. But I think from a brand standpoint and a simple public, you know, being able to grow your, your name, your following your brand, I would go Bassmaster Kayak Championship. That is exactly how I feel. All right, boys and girls, it is Bass Kayak and Beers time. It's the real life with your boy Armando, and I have a great guest for you today, my good friend Bailey Eichbrett, uh, one of the first persons I met when I started doing the podcast for the Bass Kayak and Beers. How you doing, man? Good, man. It's been, uh, it's probably almost been, what, for almost four years now at this point? That reminds me. That reminds me. I forgot this. You and I have a bet. And I am pretty convinced that I won that bet. By the way, the bet was, well, the pay price was that if I won the bet, I would go on your live show and shotgun one of these puppies. Do you remember that? Was it Carson Wentz? Is that what we were debating? The bet was when Philadelphia Eagles got rid of Carson Wentz, you were, you, you know, you, you made your thoughts. Yeah said on social media and i responded to which you did not appreciate that i said carson wentz is jay cutler 2.0 <laughs> i think from a from a skill you're gonna wait till he retires for me to no. cash in oh we can cash in whenever you want because i i am a firm believer that you are correct <laughs> in this one, you, you, want it, you want it by a long shot but I still think he's way better than Jay Cutler, but I will agree from when we we had the whole debate of like a leadership standpoint, like he lost that locker room so fast. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree from like the standpoint you were, you were correct. So when you're free, come on, we'll shotgun a beer. We'll, oh, we'll whatever, dude. whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for those out there, for those out there listening and watching on the, um, on the live stream, you can go ahead and leave your comments. Let me let us know what you think of today's subject. We are going to be talking about um, what's going on with the kayak fishing tournament scene. There's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of growth in some areas and a lot of like downward terms in other areas of the kayak fishing tournament scene. Um, by the way, if you are listening on our PDR and PDF MP3 format on Spotify or Apple TV. I really appreciate it if you give us your thumbs up, your five star reviews, leave a review, leave a five stars if you want. We really appreciate it. it. Will help definitely help grow the podcast. And also, if you're watching on the live stream right now, feel free to share it. So we got before we continue with the subjects. Quick shout out to Ty Cole. Sub guys, fan of both of your guys' stuff. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Ty. Appreciate the kind words. So, Bailey, um, there's been a lot of changes. First of all, let's start with the Bassmaster Kayak Series. Bassmaster Kayak Series 
has turned took a turn for the best. Mm-hmm. We we were humming this tune pretty much a lot of like the social uh media podcast influence like yourself. I know KBN, you know, the guys at KBN uh uh oh my god, I'm drawing a blank here. But anyway, the guys at KBN, sorry guys. Ryan Lambert and Jeff Mallott, there we go. Um, you know, about Bassmaster Kayak Series had a bunch of things going wrong, but it only took one decision to correct everything. That's what we were all saying. It was like, dude, there's a lot of things wrong, but we only need to take one decision. And once you take that one decision, everything else should work. And that one decision is put somebody at the helm that knows what they're doing. We got Steve Owen now, and we've seen the Steve what I call the Steve effect. What are your thoughts on why Bassmaster Kayak Series? you know, right now is off to an amazing start. I, so I'll completely agree in that. Uh, I think Steve Owens is the biggest uh, proponent of that change, but I'll say that there's another decision there that I think people kind of overlook, which is it's, it's easy to overlook. Uh, and it's that Bassmaster has given Steve the flexibility to make the changes that he wants to make. Exactly. Um, so I think that in itself, uh, it's a very simple decision, obviously, but also adding Steve, um, I think was the biggest proponent. So I'll agree in that. And I think, uh, with his creative, creative mind and also I'll got to give the dude shout out. He, he had a great job emceeing on stage for the championship. Uh, so round of applause for Steve for that. But, uh, I think with his creative mind, the things that he's incorporated from the local standpoint, I mean, obviously the people love him for a multitude of reasons, just a genuine good dude. Uh, he understands the anguish because he is one. Uh, and also he's just willing to be able to, you know, take that leap and make jumps where he thinks decisions might be better for the anglers. And I think that's where it's, there, there's a lot of tournament directors. I think they have a lot of hesitancy to make change, but there's, you know, change isn't always bad. Uh, you see certain trails that make a lot of changes and too many changes and it hurts their participation. But there are certain changes that you can make or rule changes or just simple things in regards to marketing for the trail that can really make, uh, make some waves and, I don't think he's afraid to pull the trigger on it, which I think is a big part of it. It also helps out that he has a great relationship with, um, oh my God, AJ McWhorter. I'm doing a blind yes. today. My mind is everywhere. And, you know, because he was helping in the Hobie BOS uh, or the Hobie College Series, mm-hmm. which also, you know, so he, he had, both together can, you know, feed out of each other. One yep. thing that I appreciated is the fact that they got together along with Chad Hoover um, and, you know, made some changes to the rule. Which is also a credit to AJ, because when you real when you think about it, Hobie BOS at that point was the one that was getting in most of the anguish. They were getting the lion's share of you know of the great publicity of the uh, you know anglers that wanted to fish those trails. Like everybody was seems to be gravitating to the Hobie BOS, and for Steve Owens to say, hey, you know, we want to make this changes. It's also Chad Hoover, you know, to, you know, align it completely. AJ could have easily said, well, wait a minute. My trail is the one that's bringing, is having the most success. So why do you want me to change? You know, there were some changes, obviously, that AJ make to fit into the Bass Nation or, or Bass Master Kayak Series. And then there was a there was a lot of give and take between all three of them. But, I mean, credit also, I think, a lot of it for Steve Owens for making those changes. Because obviously, and we're not going to dig out the past, but, you know, the way the season ended was not a good look. It was just like the 
what we all feared. Nobody was pretty much at the helm, or at least not a presence of authority was felt. And then it just, you know, snowballed into one decision after another. Um, and it, you couldn't you predict the worst ending for the season. But, I mean, credit to Steve Owens for just kind of getting together, you know, and tying up loose knots when it comes to the rules and being able to convince AJ in some ways to say, hey, you know, can we, can you give a little bit of that in, in this regards of the rule, especially when it came to tournament hours and all that, um, that I'm sure, you know, if I was AJ, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to make too much changes because I'm doing pretty good. Your guys are struggling. So maybe it's you guys that need to make the changes. But both of them work together. All three of them work together. And that's props to all three of them, especially Steve Owens for helping this grow. Yeah, I think the rest of the uh, the tournament bass industry can take a note from what those three folks did. Um, yeah. And that, that, I think, is, one, going to help each trail. The fact that they're yeah. w- willing and able to meet with each other, make decisions, make them uh, maturely uh, and, and, you know, and calculated in regards to what com- what decisions are or changes are come out of those meetings. But um, the biggest people that are going to take advantage of that and, and it's going to do well for it is the anglers themselves, because what comes out of that is, you know, not people not scheduling on top of each other for one. So it's going to give more opportunities for anglers to fish more events. Um, and that from a, you know, kayak tournament fishing credibility standpoint is a great because it allows more opportunities for people to try and do it full time because that gives them more opportunities to fish these, these events. And, and as all beyond entry fee, all of us kayak anglers know that you can make it as low cost as you want in regards to fishing these events. Um, so it's, it provides a lot of opportunities. And I think the biggest, you know, advantage is if from an angler standpoint of these trails working together. And I love seeing that. Um, especially when you see, you know, the two goats from a TD standpoint with Steve-O and, and AJ that, you know, them working together on these. And I think you'll see, you know, the, a lot of positive in the future with those two working very closely together. Um, I don't know if Steve's still uh, TDing for the college series for Hobie, but um, I think regardless, those two have a close relationship as it is. Um, so I, th- I see you, you'll probably see them bouncing stuff off of each other and you'll see both trails do really well. And uh, shout out to Brad Montgomery. The sport is going so many ways. It is, and it's a good thing, Brad. Um, how much effect do you think the rule changes have helped uh, both the Hobie BOS which is also having a great year. Now they, you know, they took the limit out of uh, the, um, uh, it used to be limited out or capped out at 200. We saw, I think on the cattle, it was a 205. Um, I don't remember what's the last one. I, was it cattle last one? No, there was one after else. Uh, uh, Santee. Like, so Santee was like yeah. 186 or 190. I can't remember. So in some ways it is helping at the attendance. How much effect do you think the rule change, especially for Bassmaster Kayak Series? Um, do you think has helped people give more confidence in saying, okay, let's, let's give Bass Master Kayak Series another try. So invest. I don't know firsthand because I'm not fishing bass this year. I'm fishing it next year. Uh, the primary reason I'm not fishing Bassmaster this year was because I have to work the Bassmaster Classic pretty heavily with my full-time gig and I have to be there a few days early, meaning I can't fish the championship, but, um, I've kind of heard that you know the the championship might detach from the classic which if that's the case I can obviously fish it so if that is the case I'll fish it 
Um, uh, cause I, I just love what they got going on over there. Um, but I don't know too much from a rule standpoint, what changed from last year to this year with bass. Do you, do you know what rules? Same with Hobie, you know, just kind of, I think the, the major ones is, I mean, off water limits, you know, where now you can, you know, no, you cannot fish it for like two weeks prior to the tournament and you can only fish it that Saturday before the tournament, um, oh, okay. which I know for Bassmasters, they wanted to do, which I think it's the best idea. Let Saturday, Sunday for those local weekend anglers that fish it off limits Tuesday and Monday and Tuesday. And that I've speaking to Steve Owens, that's what he wanted to do. That's what he had. AJ had a little, from what I understand, AJ had a little pushback on it. And of course, like we mentioned, you know, at that point, Hobie BOS is, is doing the most success. Why change it? And I think it'll eventually they'll meet in that, uh, in, you know, in that regards at some point, although they are streamlined to both, you know, uh, off water two weeks before and then just pre-fishing to Saturday before, like I mentioned. Other than that, you know, the launch points, the uh, redefining what the term is for um, portaging, which I think in, especially in the Bassmaster Kayak Series last year, portaging was like, I don't know. I mean, when I heard about what the definition was, I'm like, that's, Make, doesn't make any sense at all. And again, again that's before Steve Owens was there. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's not of Steve Owens fault, but is they the, define that. Yeah. Is and the, the talking during the tournament, that's the other one. That's the three major ones. Yeah. I love, I love that one. Um, so to kind of run do down you? it, like I do the whole, not Why? Why is that? Phone thing. I hate, I hated that people could do that. Um, because I morally couldn't do it. Like, yeah, I, and I've been I, around I, people fishing in the tournament that are calling each other, telling each other information that are like on a complete other side of the lake, and I just think that that's not cool, in my personal opinion. Um, it never like made me mad or anything like that, but I just thought that. It yeah, just, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like it's it's not because you don't, even in a boat tournaments like you can't just call your buddy you know that's on the other side of the lake yeah. and ask him what's going on, how they're catching them. Uh, I don't agree with the talking to people around you type of deal, because I think that just creates a ah, super gray area. Like the people in, like, if you and I are fishing 50 feet from each other, that type of deal, we're allowed to talk like, Hey, do you mind if I come up here type of deal? You can do yeah. that. But like, you can't even say like, Hey, I just caught one back in that pocket. You can't say that. Uh, that kind of stuff just makes it super weird. Uh, I yeah. can understand it from maybe a championship event, but like a regular season event, I don't see any, any hurt in it um i just think it, it i don't i'm not saying the fact that you can't share info is a bad thing i just think it causes a gray area and puts some anglers in a bind when they don't need to be because the reality mm. of a, a tournament changing a conversation with somebody on the water is very slim um whereas the chances of a tournament changing conversation over the phone is is much more likely um so yeah i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan uh of that role I'm, I, but i'm glad that they changed it in, in that case like you yeah. can't talk to people on the water I, I love that um i'm not a big fan though of the hobie rule of because i think it's still great now uh in regards to like uh how far your kayak can go back in an area like if it uh, i think the rule reads something along the lines of like if, it, if you, your bottom of your kayak scrapes the bot like the bottom of the yeah. Uh, the water that like if you can't like scoot back into a place i feel like that's kind of weird because i feel like we're taking away from the sport of kayak fishing and what makes us different 
like say, say there's a sandbar, right. And I, I know the rule reads that, you know, if there's a way around it into it, that type of deal, you're fine. But if the whole thing is, you know, say there's a whole sandbar across the Creek channel, but then it dips back into another hole, there's still water flowing back to it. Right. But there's just like a small two foot section that across the whole canal or Creek, that's a sandbar, like says that you can't jump that, or you can't scoot across it or use your paddle to push you like back into it. Apparently, like in my in my understanding, is that you can't do that now with Hobie, which to me, I feel like you're taking away from the sport of kayak fishing. And I know I understand some people's comments of there's kayak fishing as a sport and there's kayak fishing as a tournament, and I get that. But also, the more we make our our tournament trails like the bass boat side, the less popular it's going to be, and the more we're not going to get sponsor dollars put into it because it's just. You're, you're, you're having the people, the same people fish the same way. It's just from a different vessel. And I think that's what makes kayak fishing unique is that we can get past those places. You know, that's what people love Keith Pochet for is the, him be him putting it on throttle and jumping crap and, you know, and pushing his way through stuff. Um, so I, I guess I, I know and I, I can fully admit that I might be wrong in the understanding of that rule and I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong. Uh, obviously I was wrong about Carson Wentz. So there's probably a good chance that I could be, I could be <laughs> wrong about this, this rule, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I, that's probably the only one I don't like out of, I love the off limits. I love that. I love that there's only, you can, uh, and I think they found the happy middle for having it the Saturday prior because it gives folks that can't take a day off that Saturday, yep. Sunday, that if they're capable, they can go like at least see the water, that type of deal. I, I love that because, I can't tell you how many people like it's kind of crazy even for a kayak tournament that they're going there for two weeks straight and they're just like it's not even more an advantage it's just more like they're just hammering certain parts of the fishery and it's just kind of just seems excessive but i love i, I wish they were a little bit more strict on the no information rule personally i think if we want to legitimize a trail or two uh from a tournament standpoint i think you need to make it absolute no information like the, the rule reads from a guide where it's like, if your buddy's not a guide, but he fits his home lake, apparently you can get info from him. And I, I guess I'm not a big fan. I think if we want to legitimize it, we got to make it like, if we had a 21 day cutoff, let's make that no information at all. You know what I mean? Like only anglers can talk to anglers, which I guess is, is a great area too, because you can sign up all the way up to like a week out. So technically I think yeah. you could fish the lake up until like, the cutoff for registration, you can sign up, which I wish the sign up was like literally, literally, I guess, it, you know, it's hard to ask people to do that, but you know, have the registration be the 21 days. I think there's, there's a lot there to, to unpack. Uh, but I'll start with the last one you said, I think um, it's just a matter of like this, none, especially on the last one that we mentioned the information, it's not something you can really police. Right. Um, so it's something that it's, and it's going to be end up being like, did you failed a, a, you know, a liar's test, a polygraph test? So where do you draw the line? Because you don't want to disqualify something because there are conversations that are eventually going to happen. I think a lot of times at the last tournament, I'm not going to mention names because somebody respect and I don't want people to think he was cheating because he was not. But one of the guys who was standing with us had that information. His buddy who fishes that lake lives in the lake. Let's give him, tell him, hey, this is what I'm catching him, blah, blah, blah. He's not a fishing guy. He did nothing absolutely wrong with that. Now, his mindset was like, well, I'm getting the information. I'm not going to soil lift the fish. I'm, he hardly pre fish. Well, guess what? Day two, he got skunked. 
because he relied too much on the information. So he can hurt you in some ways. Right. Speaking to the to the rules about portaging, and I think the biggest thing, and again, I have ton of respect for everybody, and you know, people put names on rules like in you know, like I don't know, I can't remember, like in three second rule used to be the Will Chamberlain rule back in basketball because he dominated the paint. So they said we have to put a three second rule where you can't be there for three seconds and all that. I know that has kind of some people have been putting names on rules and I'm not going to say names because I have a lot of respect to everyone and especially people that have success. So I think a lot of it has to do with just some anglers that put their own definition on what is accessible or not. And I think that was the problem because the term accessible is like, well, everybody understands something, but then somebody said, well, no, I think that's accessible because my athletic ability uh, determines that I can go through it. Um, and I think that's where I think a lot of people right or wrong uh, just had a problem with. It's like, well, okay, but did you go, you know, are you going through those? So it's, it's a matter of like each person could just define what is accessible to them. You know, because you can say, you know, somebody like Jeff Little, who is in a supreme athlete. Um, what's the guy that fishes the KBF tournament that is actually an Olympic uh, kayaker? Oh. Or like Whitewater. Forgot his name. Uh, Eric Jackson. Eric Jackson. There we go. How can I forget his name? The founder of Jackson Kayaks. <laughs> Stupid me. So Eric Jackson is a world-class athlete. What yeah. his definition of accessible is, completely far off what you and I would call accessible, right? So I think that's why they streamlined and had to put a little bit more definition. Okay, this is what we call portaging. This is what we call um, accessible because we, we can't have everybody else. They realize, okay, for somebody with world-class athlete, athletic ability, that might be accessible, but regular Joe, it might not be accessible. So we need to streamline that. That I get. The yes. informational. Real plan. fast. Real fast to put a just a rebuttal to that. I, I get where you're coming from, but part of it I feel like it is kind of like it's a it's it's an inefficient argument, in my personal opinion, because if that person and I'm trains, not arguing though, I'm not saying right. you're wrong, by the way. Because I, I want to put it in perspective, it's like if that person trains for that or their their athletic ability determines that because of some somebody like me, that I'm you know, I'm fat type of deal, like I can't get over it type of deal, I don't have the talent or whatever. Like I feel like that's them because they've trained, they know how to do it. That's more of a talent, talent deal. But I mean, there's there could be a difference of like inches of water where an eye trek can get back in there, but my loaded down pro angler can't. I mean, it's the same thing as like taking it's like saying uh Keith Pochet's boat and then Jeff Gustafson's Pro V Lund, you know, Pro V Bass. And you're like, well, Jeff Gustafson's his uh uh his Lund can't get back into that creek, but Pochet's boat can. This is unfair. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where, but that's where, like, even the bass boat side, they have where it's allowed to, like, if, if you can get back there, like, without getting out of the boat, like, let her rip. I feel like that needs to stay the rule for kayak fishing because, one, I think it's no, the and I, part of the sport. And then, two, I think they're really missing out from a content standpoint of, like, being able no, to. No, I, I agree with that. What I agree is the access point. I think the biggest problem is somebody looking at, you know, an area and, for 99% of the anglers, well, that's inaccessible. But then an angler saying, well, I'm going to launch beef on the other side of it because to me, 
it's accessible because I have the talent and I have the athletic ability to access that. So therefore I don't have to launch in front of it. I can launch behind it. I think that's the problem. Okay. I I like if you can go through it, oh no, by no means. Look, if Barry Jackson can go through it, if Jeff Little can go through it, dude, yeah. and you're paddling from the main lake, by all means, you you deserve to go in there. You deserve to catch a 24 inch and you deserve to win by all means. That, I think yeah. that's the, the main reason. Yeah. Now talking about the... I agree with you with the communication on the water in the sentimental time point, but I, I agree with the rule being in place. And the reason why I say that is what, what I don't like about it is I'll give you an example, Cattle Lake. I run into, um, uh, Oh my God, what's wrong with my names today? Matt Scotch. A good friend of mine, I love Matt Scotch. We talk on social media a lot. He and I had COVID at the same time. And he, I don't know if he has said it, but his side effects for COVID were horrible. Like, I think like half his face was paralyzed or something like that. And I felt bad. And I kept, I kept almost every other day, I would call him or text him, like, dude, do you want me to? I'll have my wife cook something for you. Like, can you, like, you know, do you need anything? And he had it bad for a couple of weeks. So I ran into him at Cattle Lake. And I immediately, as soon as he told me, uh, we were like, you know, like, hey, what else? How are you going? And I didn't know he was Matt. Matt didn't know it was me until we finally recognized each other. For like, oh, Matt, oh, I'm on. So we, I was like, oh, Matt, let me go over there and say hi. And as I'm paddling there, Matt has this awkward look. And he's just like, oh, that's right. You're not supposed to do that anymore. So I'm like, hey, Matt. And I just made a U-turn. It's like. I'll say how to you on the boat ramp. <laughs> so that kind of thing is like, damn, I miss that. I miss being able to, if I meet you on the water by accident, I run into you on the water. I can, it's, I mean, I guess you can, but if your eyes, eyes around you, then it's something like, oh, well, Bailey was talking to Armando. They were right next to each other. They were fishing together kind of thing. So it's, it's awkward. Like you said, it, it does lessen the experience on it. On um, one of the, sportsmanship moments that I loved was when Brian Nelly, who won the Hobie B Hobie TOC was sharing water with um, Nolan minor. Right. Um, That was a great moment. And, you know, he shared one of his bait. They talked about it. Now, if I was, and I think um, uh, was his brother, you and mine, it was in third place. Like they were back to back, which I don't think he might, but let's, let's for a moment think it wasn't your minor. Let's for a moment will be you or me or somebody else that was in second place behind Brian Nelly. And now you're a Nolan minor leapfrog you. And again, they didn't do anything wrong. They were going by the rules and it was a great moment. I think sportsmanship, we all enjoyed it, but I can understand if I'm in second place, I'm like, wait a minute, I would have won it if it wasn't because so-and-so didn't help so-and-so share the water and actually give him a base so he can catch bigger fish. So as, as much as I appreciate the sportsmanship and the moment those two guys share, and I think it's great, and I think it's one of the things that I love about kayak fishing, I also have to understand, well, if somebody's in second place and they just lost, you know, second place, they just, or it could have been first place um, because somebody else would, because two, you know, two eight people were sharing the water. Like if Brian Nelly, for example, wouldn't have shared that water, wouldn't have given the bait. Maybe Nolan Mayan doesn't make that leap into second. I think he's second place or third place. He moved up. That's the point. So somebody did lose, did lose money. And again, I'm not picking on Brian Nelly. I'm not picking on Nolan Miner. At that point in time, that was fine and okay, and nobody had a problem with it. 
but I can see how somebody that's, you know, losing money and losing its place and maybe losing sponsorship because of that could, you know, be upset at it. What do you think? I mean, I think that is still legal today as long as they don't talk to each other. Like you can still, yeah, but like up. sharing the bait and telling, Hey, that's all in cash. Yeah. You can't share the bait, but you can no. still go up to, I mean, even with the rules, the way they're written now, you can go up to say, you know, if you're Nolan, go up to Brian and you're like, Hey, I also found this day one. Nolan had a great video of it uh, on his YouTube channel. And this is why everyone should be running GoPros because evidence is yep. right there. Um, whether you're incriminating or defending yourself, uh, GoPros are always great. Uh, but he went up to him and was like, Hey man, I also found this in practice. Do you mind if there's a way that we can share this? Or if you care, if I keep off that, like if you, if you go up to, to Brian and you know, out with the rules and you're like, Hey, do you care if we share right here? Like, if that's a, like, I, I'm fairly positive. You can still communicate that because people like anglers still need to communicate. Like, do you care if I go a hundred yards up in front of you? That type of thing. You can still do that. You don't have to share the baits. Like you can still fish like, say it's Chickamauga and you know, mid June, uh, they're all on ledges. Like guys are going to be next to each other. They just can't talk. Yeah. Um, you can still do that now. I, I'm not, again, like I agree that I don't, I don't like that rule change. Uh, but I, I mean, like when it comes to, you know, share and baits that sort of thing, that's been, you know, a thing that's been done for years and years and years in tournament fishing. I don't see any problem with it. Um, it's just kind of like, I, I, I can get, well, someone will get mad. Like, you know, if I'm in third, that guy gets a bump and he's in fourth, he goes up to, you know, he knocks me out of the top three or whatever for a tournament. Like I can understand looking at it from a standpoint of like, Oh, if he didn't get any help type of thing. Uh, but he would have, like the fact that he was in the area, was on that stuff, just one small little minor change that someone helped him out with. Like he still found those fish. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I can understand where it's coming from, but I also know I've been on the flip side where I've helped somebody, I've thrown somebody a pack of baits, you know, in the middle of a tournament and it's gotten them a limit type of deal. I've been the guy that's like, Hey man, I got room for you here. You know, I know you've yeah. been fishing this spot too. Like, come on in. Like I've been on e each side of it. And I just think that that is a part of tournament fishing. Uh, and if people don't like it, then they probably shouldn't be in tournament fishing to begin with, because there's many more things that can go wrong beyond just that. Uh, yeah. And that occur. Um, I just think that is a cool side of fishing. That is a, yeah, and I agree. like you, like you, like you pointed out, it's a feel good. It's a sportsmanship. It's a camaraderie. I mean, dude, you see it happen on every tournament trail, regardless if it's kayak or boat. So um I just think it, that I think it'll still happen. Uh, I think it still does. I think I see you saw that with Santee a little bit in certain areas, but, but people were just very smart to be careful with how they communicated with each other in regards yeah. to that. There's talking, they're just talking, Hey, who shares what space, but you don't say anything beyond that, but it sucks. Cause it's like, you're so used to, as an angler and you see somebody in the water, like, Hey, you smash them. Like, that's just how we yeah. communicate. You can't even say that anymore. Like you gotta like, yeah, it, I it hate lessens that. the, yeah. yeah. I, I hate that. Like, because to, to avoid getting in trouble or having to like call AJ and just be like, Hey dude, I, I know this doesn't affect anything. Uh, I don't even know if this is against the rules, but like we said this and this and this, and I don't think they'd ever reported or do anything about it, but it's like, I've just converted to not talking to people. And I hate that part. Yeah. Like, yeah, because okay, you want to enjoy it. That's, too. It. that's it. Like I don't, I don't talk. Yeah. You know, and it's 
that's the part that sucks. And the cool thing about when you're not in the run for money on day two, like I tend to is like, hey, listen, if I'm already here, I might as well make a weekend out of it, even if day one I skunk. So I'll go, but I'll stay out of everybody's way. And if I see somebody coming, it's like, hey, man, I'm out of the money. I'll leave you this spot. You know, I, I don't have a problem with it if you want it. And I'll even say, hey, man, you know, I actually caught one over there. You know, like if you want to try this, I try this. But all of that now it's kind of like, hey, how's it going? See the, you know, it's. It is kind of awkward and it does lessen the enjoyment out of it. But again, I understand it and I don't, you know, I don't have nothing against uh, any of the three tournament directors for implementing those rules. I understand, you know, and going back to what you were saying about, you know, the, the, you know, one thing is kayak fishing for fun and one thing is tournament. And I compare it to, well, listen, if you play basketball at your local YMCA or rec center, you play with a different set of rules that you wouldn't in the NBA, right? Because if you try to implement every single rule in the NBA to, you know, to your, you know, weekday, you know, weeknight, uh, you know, hang out with the boys, drink a couple of beers, it's going to be boring. Like, oh, my God, we're going to ticky-tack every rule. The reason why NBA rules are that way, and, I mean, this applies to NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, and all that, is because they need to have – um a level of like competitiveness like it's like uniform we need to yeah, yeah uniformly you know uniform and we can't always rely on good sportsmanship because when there's millions of dollars on the line in kayak fishing in case case ten thousand dollars for first place then you can't always rely on people just having good sportsmanship you have to put black you know why black and white rules to say this is what you can do this is what you do not can do so i understand you know kind of like I understand uh, the point of view of like, why does it have to be different? I understand the point of view of why it is different. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, a little give and take. We're, we're not going to find a set of rules that are going to satisfy everybody, of course. Yeah. Someone's always talking. To, yeah. So talking about the, we talked a little bit about Bassmaster Kayak Series and the success. Let's talk a little bit about the Hobie BOS and the differences. Because I know there's a lot of chat on, you know, we see now, especially with the last tournament here and uh, Bassmaster Kayak Series, the payouts are now starting to even out um, between Hobie BOS and Bassmaster Kayak Series. The national championship, the payout was considerably less than the Hobie BOS, even though, it, you know, it had three times or four times the amount of participants and entry fees. I've always said, and I want you to, I'm not going to keep, and I'll just, you know, glide by the surface here, and I'll let you dig into it. You know, Hobie BOS is is just a, an advertising kind of agency for or machine for Hobie to put their brand out there. And it's genius because when you talk about the Bassmaster Kayak Series, it's sponsored by Old Town, but there's not a single person out there that says, oh, the Old Town Kayak Series. Mm-hmm. Everybody says the Bass Kayak, the uh, Bassmaster Kayak Series. When we talk about the Hobie BOS, everybody says the Hobie BOS. And what's, you know, the genius of it is when you look at, like, for example, KBN, one of the most popular, if not the most popular kayak fishing uh, podcast. Jeff Malad is sponsored by Old Town. I bet you in an hour podcast, if you compare how many times he said Hobie to how many times he says Old Town, You'll say like a hundred times he said Hobie and maybe five times he said Old Town because he's always referring to the tournament as the Hobie BOS. So even anglers that are sponsored by Old Town 
like Jeff Malad are saying more Hobie's name because the tournament is under their name, which I think is genius when you think about it. I think it's but let's talk a little bit about the difference. Yeah, I, I think why the payouts. Yeah, just we'll, we'll get to I'll, I'll comment on the payout thing here in a second. Um, I think that it's that it's smart what they did, but also the one downside is I think we live in such a saturated world, and especially in the fishing industry where everybody and their mother is pushing some different brand, and we're seeing logos everywhere. We see it in sports, we see it, you know, gaming, we see it everywhere that. I think just because somebody has their name on a trail now, it doesn't mean it's, it's cool. Cause you see the brand name, but it doesn't ignite that consumer to go check out that brand anymore. They need some sort of engagement with that brand to get some affinity. I, I, that's my personal opinion. Uh, and I'm sure some people may think differently, but uh, I think just because you see a kayak brand now, like, you know, it's just with Jeff saying Hobie so many times, I don't think that, make somebody go and check out Hobie. They're like, oh, cool. They sponsor a trip. But it's in or, their mind. Right, right. It's in there. But like at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to turn into sales or anything for them. It's it's a great brand recognition, you know, and positioning uh, from that standpoint. But like, I mean. I don't think you can quantify brand recognition. But you no. just try to grab as much brand recognition as you can. But it depends. So you like, become the household for that brand, for that product kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, it depends, right? I mean, depending on the brand, like brand recognition is probably not even a big deal for Hobie because they already know they're the Cadillac of kayak fishing. It's like the same thing when you see Skeeter boats and Ranger boats logos on the Bassmaster weigh-in stage. It's like, what good is that really serving you guys besides just not letting another brand come in there because no one's going to, everybody's heard of Ranger boats. Like, no one's going to look at that like, ah, I see that Ranger logo on the, the background of the stage. I'm going to go check out Ranger Boats now. No one does that. I mean, no one thinks about that. Um, so I, I just think I think it, there's some different arguments there. But in regards to the payouts, uh, I think you're going to see Bassmaster go up year after year, uh, especially if they keep making these positive changes. And especially if they start investing in the anglers. And that's one thing you see the elites, Major League Fishing do, is they invest in their pros in regards to a branding, uh, using them on their platforms because they understand that the anglers that are on their trails, the people are watching predominantly because of those anglers. Uh, my cat's about to jump out the window, so give me one second. He's <laughs> so bored. It's like, I can't stand you talking. I'm out. <laughs> commit suicide well why bailey rescues his cat from committing suicide one of the things that i think a lot of people don't understand is like bassmaster kayak series is a company that provides a service and that service is to host a tournament so they need to make money and they take a little bit more of the you know of the entry fees to suffice and you know um make a profit whereas hobie bos what it does, it's like they're just fine with breaking even. So you see them just saying to their companies that are they're sponsoring them, it's like, you don't need to give me that much money, but what we want, in, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, AJ could probably weigh in on this as Steve Fields, is like, give me free products that I can give it to the anglers. That's why you see all this amazing prices at the captain's meeting 
Whereas Bassmaster Kayak Series is like, no, we need to pay the bills because this is our job. Our job is to host a tournament. So we need money to pay our employees and make a profit. But now that, um, did you able to rescue him on time, by the way? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He literally just sat there because he, our apartment windows are horrible. So the screens that he literally, just because he's fat, he just popped it open. It was like looking at it like, oh, look, it's outside. He was just chilling there. So I threw him in the other room. <laughs> so yeah, we're good. But um, I think what I was talking about was uh, Bassmaster in regards to their their branding and how they use their their anglers. I think if they can invest, you know, some social, some marketing into their constant names that they have fishing their events, you what you do is one, you give those anglers an, an added platform to build their brand, you know, to make that you know, that series more legitimate in regards to it gives people names to attach to. It gives people somebody to when they pull up Tourney X. It gives them somebody to go look at uh, and see, you know, hey, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. Um, so it's like it, it it gives you some some different avenues in regards to marketing, um, you know, that, that platform. So when Christine Fisher is, is fishing a Bassmaster event, people go look for her name to see how she's doing. Bassmaster is posting a... Uh, you know, a prelude to the tournament of like, Hey, Christine, what do you think it's going to take to win this event? How do you think it's fishing? You know, they're putting up a post or a reel type of deal. You know, they're, they're putting anglers on their platform with the Bassmaster name, which helps the anglers, which gives anglers more incentive to fish that trail, which in turn yeah. means, Hey, Christine Fisher sponsors. Uh, those people are looking at this trail when there's more eyes on it, you know, there's more dollars that are being thrown that way. And I think that's what both trails really need to work on is that they're too focused. And we talked about this a little bit offline. They're too focused on marketing to the people, the angles that are already fishing their event. You've, you've sold them. You already have them. They're your product. Now use that product to help bring outside consumers, outside eyeballs onto your trail. And that's where the real sponsor dollars will come in. And that's where you can start seeing some way bigger payouts. I, I think if Hobie was like from the, from the get go a few years back when I started gaining steam was able to, you know, latch on to several names that fish their trail every single event, like Guillermo, Christine, Russ, Cody, you know, you, there's so many names you could throw in that hat and you got Ewing now coming up through the college ranks that has great storylines behind it, you know, stuff like that, that you can, and you have some pretty big YouTubers that uh, fish these stuff too, like use those yeah. platforms from a branding standpoint and bring uh, outside eyes onto this thing. Like if they just did social, like easy social, it doesn't take much of anything. It's like, you see them at registration. Hey, can I pull you over and let's do a quick reel? What do you think that they're going to take for the tournament? Whatever, and, you know, fun questions too. You know, you follow them on the water a little bit. Uh, you could be strategic with and whose brands that you, you know, you affiliate with. It's a great way to grow that trails uh, platform, but also helps that trail utilize its anglers and assist its anglers in growing their own platforms, which it's way easier for people to follow a personality and a person versus a a logo a, a trail name they it, no one goes to bassmaster and just because it's bassmaster there's very few that do they go because it's carl jackson because it's Polonic, because they're going to see gerald swindle on stage that's why they go it's the anglers so if the more you invest in the anglers the better that trail is going to do and the more that again yeah. it's a trickle down effect where it's like the but the bigger the platforms get of those anglers the more eyes are going to be on that trail and the more eyes on that trail, the more sponsors see that there's eyes on that trail and throw money to get their, their brand 
affiliated and, and advertised and in in uh in view on that trail and that means more money which means uh you can do higher entry fees which also or lower entry fees and you could do higher payouts which that is how you're going to get to a, a quote-unquote professional kayak trail which right now we yeah. just have opens we don't have a professional kayak trail i agree i did we don't have a, we don't have professional controls i think kobe bos up until now you know up until actually the national championship um for the bassmaster kayak series when again steve job did an amazing job of emceeing did an amazing job of you know uh having uh drew gregory who has been the face of this uh sport for so long and one of the very best anglers that we have and a great um ambassador to the sport um, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet on the water. You know, he got his trophy given out uh, at that stage. Instead of just having it mailed to him, you know, he was there. He received his trophy. Then uh, Ross Snyder was there, you know, the top 10. I think when they brought him into the celebration versus the year before, where I think when it was in Texas, people couldn't even get into the Dickies Arena to watch the – because um, John Stewart wasn't there. John Stewart was at the lake. Um, for because the the national the classic had just started, so there was nobody taking care of the award ceremony, pretty much. And it was it was a crapshoot, it was a crapshoot, basically. Um, yeah. and there wasn't even televised. I think KBN was the only one that televised. I think Ryan Lambert got it on his phone and just kind of stream it through the KBN channel, which is like, like seriously, KBN is, is the one who's is, is your channel. Like, why are you not streaming this? And I think that's. I think obviously Bassmaster has the clear avenue for that because that's their job. You know, that is, they host tournaments. They, their media platform is a lot bigger than Hobie BOS because Hobie BOS is a manufacturing company, right? So they're going to, their, their, their budget is going to be limited in that aspect. And I think now with Steve Owens there and given kind of like the keys to the Cadillac, to actually run this the way he wants it, at least from what we're seeing right now, is is where it's taking it now to a like, okay, this is now becoming a little bit of more professional. You saw in the national championship, and I think it's going to keep going that way. And I think you're right. I think the social media, I don't think Hobie BOS takes advantage of the social media as much as they should. KBF does a wonderful job. I think the problem is, and we'll talk a little about it, KBF, it's just too funnel into one personality and when you have one personality being the face of the franchise it becomes fatigue i'm not saying that confusing you know, for example yeah it, i'm not saying chad hoover is a bad person or not but it's like artists you know like uh tv personnel actors in movies and um singers you know once they get a lot of success back and back and forth there's a fatigue and there's a point where okay you know we're fatigued about this we want something new and i think that's also what a little bit of what's happened on KBF. Just when you see this person is the face of the franchise, it's always there, always there. Now he becomes the franchise mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of fatigue there. Whereas one of the things that we love about AJ and Steve Owens, they are great at knowing when their presence is needed to convey leadership and stability. And when it is just, this is the angler, this is the Hobie BOS. This is not the AJ McWhorter show. This is not the Steve-O show. This is the Anglers. This is the show. I don't need to talk about things that you don't need to know as a tournament director. I just need to show leadership when I am at the captain's meeting and I'm, when I'm presenting the awards. 
that's it. The rest is you guys, the anglers and the fans. And I think that's what lacks sometimes in KBF. It just funnels too much under one person and it creates fatigue. Going into now that we talked a little about the Hobie BOS and the Bassmaster Kayak Series, the KBF is struggling. They just canceled their tournament. Hard line here. Do you think they'll recover? Or do you think this is the beginning of the info KBF? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, because it could be because I don't know if there's been any transparency in regards to why they canceled. I don't know if there was anything that came out. I think they just kind of said, yeah, they only had five people signed up. Oh, wow. I see that. And that's, that's so, yeah. I mean, in regards to that, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue that it's not, you know, the beginning of the end for KBF. Um, I just think the other two trails are doing such a good job and have great schedules that it really, which I, I, I still think there's a place for KBF, you know, as a funnel for anglers that maybe kind of look at, you know, a Hobie or a Bassmaster and they see, you know, they're like, they have some self-reflection of like, I know I'm not like this amazing angler, but I love tournament fishing and I'm just working at getting better, but I want to just keep, you know, honing in my craft of fishing tournaments. KBF, I feel like was a good funnel for folks to go be able to, you know, travel a couple States away and go fish a more national sized tournament uh, with a little bit higher entry fee, um, that type of deal. But I just, I mean, I just think with, you know, from an operational standpoint and from the way they market the trail, I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons it's for its downfall. I think it's going to keep crashing until, uh, you know, and unfortunately, and this is no disrespect to anybody, I just think it needs a culture change in regards to how it's run, who runs it, you know, the marketing behind it, you know, all that jazz. I think they need something to to spice it up and it would sucks because like they had seo to the max on their side from literally it says kayak bass fishing uh yeah. so it's like you know they they kind of ran the gauntlet for a little while but you know two other trails popped up one with the biggest bass fishing brand name and all of bass fishing that is pretty dang hard to overcome especially now with steve-o running it uh yeah. and you know the other one has you know a dang stud and one of the goats of tournament directors running it with aj and uh it's going to be hard to, I want to want to say compete because I don't feel like the trails compete. I just think that KBF needs to take some notes in regards to listening to the anglers, making things more. It, I think it really just comes down to culture and by culture, yeah. I just think of it starts from the top and I think I'll leave it at that. No. And, and I, I completely agree with you and, you know, I'll say this, you know, this is no disrespect on Chad Hoover. Chad Hoover, to me, and I say this, you know, with the utmost respect. If we're going to be talking about the, oh, my God, I keep, the Mount Rushmore, that's the word. I keep losing. I, I don't know where my mind is. If we talk about the Mount Rushmore of kayak fishing, the foundation, the founding fathers kayak fishing, it starts with Chad Hoover, right? Chad Hoover, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as saying it would, kayak, kayak bass fishing wouldn't exist without Chad Hoover, but what, because it still would have, but. We all, I think, owe a debt to gratitude in at least one level or another because he took it to a national level higher than anybody had at that time. He took more mainstream, and it grew. And, it, and, and I mean, it had its golden years. Um, 
I think talking to anglers, I hadn't fished. I only fished one KBF tournament and I had fun with it. I sat with Chad Hoover on the captain's meeting. I think Chad Hoover is a great guy. He has a strong personality and a strong ego. And I can see other people at the same dinner table they were sitting. They had a problem with that. I didn't, but I understand. I can see why other people had a problem with it. I think um, Chad Hoover just deserved the utmost respect. You get the lion's share of the glory for taking this, but I also think, unfortunately, he's going to take some of the lion's share of the blame for its downfall. Um, and I'm not going to get into the business side of things because I don't know what the business decisions were. But clearly, the worst thing right now is that people are not investing in entry fees. They're, they're not fishing KBF. A lot of it, I think, has to do with uh, they were taking too long to pay out. Chad Hoover came out and said, hey, we're behind. And he actually talked about some of his personal life problems that are unfortunately, and his words, not mine, that are unfortunately spilling over to the managing side of KBF. And that cannot happen. Um, if you can't pay the anglers, plenty of anglers are not just, they're not going to participate in your tournament. And talking to other, and again, to some anglers, is the constant changes in structure. The rules is always going to be changed because there's always somebody pushing the envelope and you need to, you know, streamline and make sure that you correct. And that takes time. That's going to be, you know, years of trial and error. But the structural thing, I think the golden age of KBF is when they had a regional where, you know, the South had a region, the Midwest South, the North Midwest had a region, the the low, the Southeast or Northeast, you know, and anglers like Derek Brundle and the guys up uh, north didn't have to travel all over. They could just stay regional and compete. Um, and now that, I think that was the golden era. And then it changed. And then it changed again. Then it changed again. Then they wanted to put like the elite trail. And that only lasted one year. The project on paper sounded great, but you didn't even let it try. You only gave it one year and then you quit after that? Like, it's just the constant changes. I think it's one thing after another. And I don't know how they recover from this. I hope they do. I KBF is great. It's it's you know, it's where kayak bass fishing tournament was founded. And I would never like to see it go away, but I do agree. It needs it needs a facelift, it needs a brand new face, it needs somebody to run it and and just focus on the anglers and on their product instead of having it the attraction dart to themselves. Well, how what do you think is going to be the effect for the anglers like, you know, Cody Milton, Russ Snyder, Christine Fisher, Guillermo Gonzalez that really relied on the payouts and of all three trails. What's going to be the effect on them? Do you know for a fact like what do you think it's, you know, how does this affect them? I have a couple of different viewpoints on it. I think overall from a tournament standpoint, you know, if you're relying on payouts, you probably shouldn't be tournament fishing or at least relying on it, you know, solely. Uh, I would oh, yeah. urge folks that are in that dilemma to really be taking all of their free time to work on their own branding. Uh, I know social media and such is not for everybody, but, I mean, it's a, it's a small price to pay for getting, you know, the, the dollars that count, the dollars that keep you uh, being able to fish a tournament without worrying about cashing a check type of deal, which cashing a check in a kayak tournament is not saying much because it's not a lot of money. 
um, unless you're winning or top three. Um, and that is sponsors like, and sponsors don't want to pay if you don't have social media not many brands out there are going to invest in you nowadays. If you're only just fishing a tournament, like if you're not out there on every platform type of deal and, you know, working at it, it's, it's very hard to find, you know, especially lucrative deals like that. Um, but you're seeing more and more kayak anglers, especially get into that, invest in their branding, taking the time to work on that sort of thing. Um, you're seeing that. Uh, but I, I can I can see the payouts just affecting the kayak tournament scene as a whole um, in regards to I think people love to see I think it was like 12 grand or something like that for the Gunnersville tournament or 13 for for bass at Gunnersville. Um, people love seeing that. I think there was a there was a little bit of negativity around Hobie going to 15 percent versus the top 10 percent getting paid where it's, you know, I think it would have been different. Uh, if they went, if they increased the entry fee, increased the field size, but kept it at top 10%, I think you would have, people would have loved seeing that because I agree. Yeah. I, 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 I've heard some rumblings of people like, well, I still want to get a check if I'm within, you know, 40th place or something like that. Like, c- come on, we're not in a participation trophy sport. No. You know, if you're <laughs> I agree. Coaching, you're here to try to win and that's solely it. You could argue some AOI points, which is great if you suck on day one type of deal, like salvage AY points, but like every tournament you should be going in with the idea of winning because the payout or the way it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think I, I hope that it continues to improve. I mean, Bass did a great job. It's like seeing that top payout right now. I know the championship was less than half of what uh, Hobie was, um, but I think you'll see that increase year after year. No. From bass standpoint, and I just hope that uh, maybe there's some more change with Hobie uh, in the future in regards to going back to top 10%. Because I think, uh, and I I don't know all the business decisions. The one downside of Hobie BOS is that it's attached to Hobie as a business, and if the business doesn't do well, then you know they're not going to care too much about tournament trails. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I I think that it can go back to it, but I just. uh, I hope I hope it it improved. People liked the people liked the cap on Hobie. They liked the top ten percent. They liked those big entry fees. Uh, it was the closest thing we had to a quote unquote professional trail where it's 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 limited. It is first come, you know, not first come first serve, but um, it was a trail that was um, what's the, what's the word I'm talking I'm looking for. Uh, not everybody can go fish it. It's not like, Hey, we'll sign up for the event and we could have 15 or we could have 300 people. It was like, you're going to have a cap hit. You know, if they were selling out in 10 minutes, that was, it was a, a status, if you will, for, for Hobie. And I think they lost that with the changes they made. Um, I think if they didn't make those changes, if anything, if they increased the cap, you know, to 225, I don't think people care about that from 200. Um, but if, I like the rules that they made this year too, where it's they, they invested a little bit in the anglers in regard to like, if you were at TOC, you got, you know, last year, you got early registration this year, or if, yeah you know, you're after the thing was after the first two events this year, if you're in uh top 30, top 30 AOI, I think was the number they had uh, that you get early registration for the rest of the events. So that, as long as you remain in that top, so and so for the rest of the year, you can you can register like a day or two early, uh, which in, encourages and influences the people that are doing well in that trail to keep fishing it no. 
from an AOI race standpoint. No one wants to see a guy lose AOI, a guy or girl lose AOI because they couldn't sign up for the event in time. No one wants to see that. So, because they're fishing another another tournament that day because it's you know it's a weekend kind of thing. You know, they're on the water and they don't have right. signal. That sucks. Yeah, so I, I loved that move uh, from them. But I, I again, I, re I really think it stems back to the trails and how they operate, and they need to stop marketing to their own people that are fishing the events and start looking at the what's around them in the outside world, the outside eyes. I mean, dude, look at what K happens to KBN every time there's a tournament. They pop off in regards to people talking about the event, people watching, people that aren't fishing it are talking about it. That's who they need to be marketing to. I mean, there's people that, you know, uh, I can speak from personal experience, like when I'm in a tournament or we have someone in the New York trail that's in a tournament, our local trail Facebook pages and such, they pop off. People are talking, people are rooting people on market to those people. Like it's, it's, it's gotta be something they gotta, they're doing a great job with the anglers that are fishing it. Now's the time to start marketing to people outside of it. And that's what brings in the dollars that doesn't have to come from raising entry fees. It comes from the outside eyeballs. Yeah, that was a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where you're going to see the entry fees really increase if they can, if they can make that happen. Um, but I know it's much easier said than done. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, it, they're, they're restrained. They're not a tournament. They're not a, they're not in service of Rhino tournament. They're a manufacturing mm -hmm. company. Um, Another, before I let you go, one more thing that we kind of point out there, because I, I feel like I need to promote it in a way when I, we mention all these national trolls, is the Native Bass Power Hour. I think that's another one. They're, they're, they don't have an AOI race. They're really grassroots, and they find a niche. And it's kind of like the MLF, um, what used to be last year's MLF version of the now, but for a kayak tournament. Uh, makes me wonder, do you think with the success, if they continue to have success in Bassmaster Kayak Series, do you feel like the MLF is going to say, wait a minute, should we start hosting kayak fishing tournaments? Do we need to compete? Because remember, what well, a lot of times these companies are going to say, I used to work for an airline, right, for American Airlines. And there was decisions that were like, oh, Delta made this decision. Okay, we're going to see how it works out for them. If it works out for them, we're going to follow suit because they don't want to miss that train. And I think, you know, tournament, uh, service companies like Bassmaster MLF are similar. See, hey, they're having success with this. They're growing their brand. They're growing the Bassmaster Kayak Series uh, brand. Do you see MLF doing the same thing at some point if this keeps going? I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, but it, I, th I think they did only one or two events, but like... F oh, FLW, that's... FLW was like the... KBF, yeah. Yeah, before Bass did it, but obviously FLW was bought out by Major League Fishing. Um, I, I would think that they would. I just think that Major League Fishing has a lot of problems as it is right now in regards to they can't go another year like KBF in regards to they can't stop making changes. I love Major League Fishing. I love the people over there. Um, they do an incredible job. I just think for it's from the the top tier, like the top level of major league fishing if they can establish their trails and allow people allow time to to collect in regards to how the trails run they keep changing rules keep changing formats changing entry fees changing how the the lower levels turn up into you know the bpt type of deal i think they're going to try to focus on that first before they make a kayak trail but i think if they can establish that and they can keep gaining on um, their their fan base i can see them creating a kayak trail 
um, which I think would be great. Again, talking about more opportunities for more anglers to fish more events. Um, I think it's great from the kayak standpoint right now because we're in a growing stage and growing stage. I think there's, there's no, there's no issue with multiple, multiple trails. Uh, cause eventually one's going to come out on top because competition is good Yeah, if, if taken the right way. Um, so I could see major league fishing doing it. I just think it's not going to happen for several years because they have a lot, I think they have a lot more on their plate right now <laughs> that they're trying to figure out before they go start a kayak trail. I agree. Well, we'll see. And again, if you haven't, if you guys haven't checked out native bass power, I would check it out. They just added a trail here in Texas. So I'm yep. really happy. Uh, I hope Vinny Ferrari, I think he's one of the tournament directors and William Benini. I know he's definitely one of the tournament directors. Yeah. And I think Vinny Ferrari is working, is working with him or something like that. I don't know. The ins and out of their business. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great trail. Uh, everybody, you should really check it out. That's really seems like a fun trail. Big money. Just bass power. Money. Hour. Yeah. Big money, big money, you know, and a lot of people. So, Bailey, thank you so much for taking your time. We, I had you for over an hour. I really want to give you a chance to shout out, you know, what you do. You do every year. You keep growing with the Serious Angler podcast and your presence kind of behind the scenes um, in marketing and not just kayak fishing, but basketball tournament and all that. You know, feel free to tell us more about the Serious Angler. What can people watch you? What do you do behind the scenes and what can people follow you? Yeah. Um, I mean, from a following standpoint, you guys just look me up, just Bailey Egbert on social media, but uh, big thing is started about a year ago, YouTube channel called be the fish and that's doing pretty well right now. And I love doing it about a video a week, just straight up kayak fishing adventures and tournaments. So uh, if you guys want some more YouTube kayak fishing content, look up, be the fish. Uh, but beyond that, uh, serious anglers, my baby started almost four years ago now. And Turned it into a podcast network about uh, almost two years ago. We have three shows on it now that live on their own platforms, which is super awesome. I love the business side and the operational side that we have with our team right now. Um, you know, it's Serious Anglers, the headline show right now, and that's just kind of angler interviews, uh, pretty similar to what Armando's doing right now. And dude, you do a great job from the kayak standpoint. The sport of kayak fishing isn't going to grow without people like you that are putting I appreciate them uh, on the show, helping them build their brand. So kudos to you, man. Uh, and that's what we try to do. Uh, we just kind of go all over the place from a serious yeah. angle standpoint. We also have lure lab uh, and that's once a week as well. And that's like super short uh, about one baiter technique a week. And then we have business from the bass boat, which is very industry specific uh, Deacon gets on like the, uh, the owner of Skeeter boats on or blazer boats, or, you know, he's out West right now for the Western bass shootout, which is a whole culmination of four different trails. that have like the top 50 best anglers from the West coast that are fishing the California Delta uh, first tournament ever doing it. Like we're out there, we have presence at that. We have a booth, not a booth, but we're at a booth doing live shows. Um, so the brand's building. And, uh, so we have three shows in the network right now. We got a fourth coming this summer that I think the, you know, you yourself and listeners of this show will likely be able to attribute more to uh, as much as I can divulge of it right now, but we have a lot of background work coming on. One of your guests uh, of your show, I think it was a little while ago is actually going to be looking to be the host of it. Uh, we're adding really new to the team. We're going to be having a, it's on a live on its own show. So I, I divulging this is a new show coming, but uh, I can't uh, I can't dispose of any more. Who is, you can't tell me who it is? No, I can't tell you who it is. 
Oh, yeah. I got I, I got an idea who it is. Uh, we'll take a crack at it offline because <laughs> I'm really right. bad at lying. So if you say it, <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to make it right, we'll secretive. So, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Kind of make me feel bad because I was about to make a joke to shout out to Andrew for carrying you all these years. Oh, yes. I feel he bad has. making that show out now. I, you know, you, you said so many kind words. Oh, so, come on. You know, I could take it. I mean, <laughs> rip me apart for Carson Wentz. You can rip me apart anytime, man. Well, I'm still going to cash in on that bet. So, I don't yeah. know when. I, I keep hinting, but you keep you haven't been inviting me. So, well, dude, we know. got episode, uh, episode 400. Coming up, soon, oh yeah, uh, for Sirius Angler, we're on like congratulations. Three, when we're at like three seventy right now, and we do that, it's a big old party, and we'll do like a two three hour show. So we'll be shotgunning beers on that one. I would love to have you on to uh, come drink with us and have some fun talk fishing. Done. All right, let's. Well, let's I barely would thank you so much. Thank you to Scott uh, and to Jeremy. I didn't give a shout out to Jeremy McCormick. Thank you, Jeremy, for tuning in, and Scott, which I can now pronounce his last name. Uh, thank you for tuning in, guys, and I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Bailey, again, for coming up to the show. For those out there um, listening, thank you. Appreciate it. Shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Check out their rods, douglasoutdoors.com. Also, if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. If, you, if you're going to have a couple of beers while you're on the water, just make sure you drink responsibly. Just you know, make sure you get home back safe to your loved ones. Very important, guys and girls. So thank you again. This has been The Real Life on the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. Have a good night, everyone. Peace out.